Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We are coming at you live in studio in New York City for the most exciting episode we have done to date. I think we can say that without a doubt. It is hard to believe I'm even saying these words, but we are hosting our first Formula One driver on the podcast today. Ladies, how are we feeling? so excited. I just can't even believe this is real. I'm going between like kid on Christmas morning and like crying, screaming and throwing up. (laughs) All of the above. Um, We were going to make you all guess who it is, but because it's literally in the episode title, we're just going to come right out with it and say we are over the moon to be hosting Oscar Piastri of McLaren on the podcast today. He needs no introduction for you guys, obviously, but we'll just get into a little bit of bio and background before we get to chatting with him. So with that, I'm Tiggy. I'm Chessa. And I'm Sarah. Oscar, who I'm sure you are all familiar with, is a total star in the racing world. Before his current start at McLaren Racing this year, he was a massive star in the Junior Series. In consecutive years, he won Formula Renault, then Formula 3, and Formula 2 in his rookie seasons, which is just unbelievable. He's originally from Melbourne, Australia. He started karting when he was only 10 years old. He later moved to England and he studied A-levels in math, physics, and computer science. So did not slack off. (laughs) A multi-talented renaissance man. He was prepping for Formula One, of course. (laughs) So in England, that's really where he began his journey towards F1. In 2017, he finished as vice champion of the British Formula 4 series. And then he had his big breakthrough in 2019 when he won, as Sarah said, the Formula Renault Euro Cup with seven wins and 11 podiums. And then in 2020, under the shadow of COVID, he made his debut in F3 with Prema Racing, Again, short in season, but he did not disappoint. He came through. He won that rookie season for himself with two wins and four podiums. Following all of that success, was promoted to F2, again with Prema Racing. He won that driver championship with six wins and five podiums. So first driver to win all those three podiums or all those three championships consecutively. Incredible. In terms of his F1 development, so Oscar is a graduate of the Alpine Academy and served as the reserve driver for Alpine last season in 2022. Later in the 2022 season, he signed for McLaren. And a fun for the girls fact is the episode we did during silly season on Oscar Piastri is our most played episode of the 2022 season. So he is a popular, popular guy on this podcast. Uh, He wears the number 81, which he started using during his karting days. And another fun fact is that he's the first driver to carry number 81 since drivers started picking their numbers in 2014. So very cool. With that, we're going to have Oscar join us. All right. (laughs) Oscar, welcome to For the Girls. It is such an honor to have you with us. You are coming to us live from Miami. How is the energy there right now? We hope you're feeling better after your illness in Baku. Thank you. I'm uh, almost back to to full strength. Thank you for that. Um, No, it's been cool in Miami. Um, Long flight to get here from Baku, but... Um, no, it's been nice, nice and sunny, nice and warm. So, uh, no, enjoying it at the moment. Amazing. Great. Well, we love to have you on our home soil. Most of our listeners are based in the U.S. And, of course, you'll be, you're there right now. So what does it feel like to be racing in the U.S. for the first time in F1 for you? Do you feel the palpable energy? Do you feel like the fandom is exploding? We know American fans love McLaren, so we'd love to hear your take on that. 
It's, I think at the moment, it's kind of the, the calm before the storm. Uh, <laughs> I, came, I came last year as reserve driver um, to the Miami Grand Prix, and that was, yeah, one hell of an experience. So uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm waiting to see what this year's like, um, and especially with McLaren, it's going to be a, a busy one for us, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, to racing here in the U.S. It'll be my first time, like you said. Um, so, yeah, really enjoying it so far and uh, enjoying Miami's warm weather, even if it uh, is potentially going <laughs> to rain later in the week. And congrats on your amazing performances so far this year, especially that P8 points in Melbourne and only your third race. What was it like to have such a strong performance close to where you grew up? How did you celebrate? Um so yeah, it was was a nice race. Um, we were, I guess, in some ways, a little bit fortunate to to get points, but we were were there when it mattered. So that was was nice to get my first points in F one, and obviously my home race. It's it's probably the best place uh, any driver can you know think of to get their home their first points. So um, that was pretty special. Um, it was a, a very cool weekend in general. Um, you know, obviously first home race for me, uh, only my third race in F one as well. So. Um, yeah, very, very special and like 10 minutes away from where I grew up as well. So, um, pretty cool. Um, and to celebrate, I got on a plane the next morning, uh, <laughs> and left. so we had a, a test day in Imola, uh, a couple of days after, so we had to get out of there pretty much straight away. So, um, quickly said goodbye to my family, uh, and, uh, got on a plane. That was my celebration. Well, it's great that you had your family there and you had a nice break before, you know, the last race and, and this race. Um, happy belated, by the way. We know you celebrated your birthday somewhat recently and had a question somewhat related to that. So you're the youngest driver on the F1 grid and you've had some unique factors during your career from COVID to growing up with social media to the explosion of F1 over the past few years. Do you feel like there are any advantages to being your age in F1 right now and of the same generation as so many of these young new fans? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, obviously through COVID was uh, an interesting time for everyone. And I think we were, you know, in, in F1, especially very lucky to, um, you know, continue doing our jobs uh, in a maybe slightly different way. But um, we, you know, at the end of the day, we still got to go and drive, which was was very lucky and, and well, fortunate and, and yeah, a, a good experience. And also in some ways we were, I guess, a lot of entertainment for a lot of people at the time. Um, you know, I know for me, I was racing in F3 and, uh, you know, a lot of, I gained a lot of following in Australia from that because um, they were all in lockdown and, I was was on at pretty much prime time every night, so um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was quite a, a unique scenario to be in. And I think being the same age as a lot of the new fans in the sport, you know, I guess it's in some ways easier to relate to, or, or for fans to relate to, to myself and you know other young guys in the sport. Um, but you know, I think even still, the older guys, you know, the, uh, it's it's a good thing for them to, I guess, be able to show. Their, their character, their personality more. Um, I think, you know, more now more than ever and more than ever we're sort of viewed as, uh, I guess, people in some ways. We're not just helmets uh, in a race car anymore where, you know, I guess there's, there's more coverage of us outside of the track um, and, you know, sort of as a, as a normal person as well. So 
um, yeah, it's it's cool to be able to share that with everyone a bit more now. Um, I think the explosion in fans, it's, you know, I don't really know that much different. Um, so I can't yeah, really exactly. do much on that. But um, yeah, it's been a very special uh, few months at the start of my career and um, it's been cool to share that with a lot of people. Well, we've had such a fun time following and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that we have been following up on your website and reading all about you. But <laughs> what do you feel like you haven't had a chance to share yet or what people don't know about you if they didn't just look at the website? Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure yet. There's, there's nothing too much. Uh, I mean, I'm not, a <laughs> I'm not a particularly complicated person. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing too much. Uh, um, I don't know. I need to... You know, at the moment, my life is very much around F1, so I probably need you to... You wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I kind of need to think of some other things to do when I have some spare time, but uh, first I need the spare time to do it. You're doing just fine, just fine, and I feel like with social media, there are pros and cons to that, but people see a lot of you already and a lot of your personality, which which is great. <laughs> yeah, F1 is our hobby, so I guess we also would need ideas for other hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not in any cars, so. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of kind of making the transition from F2 and being a reserve driver and now having a race seat, is there anything in kind of the day-to-day -day of a race weekend or the paddock or traveling that you feel like fans maybe don't know or don't have as much insight into? Um, I, I think first the, like, just the length of the calendar and um, all the travel is much more in F1. That was something I learned as as a reserve driver. Um, you know, just just the the toll that all the travelling can take on your body and you know physically and mentally um, is quite extraordinary. So that that's been a, a learning curve so far. Um, what else? I, I think you know we're we're just extremely busy away from driving. Um, you know, we're, I think the driving is probably the um, you know the smallest portion of, of our life um, in F1. You know, we do a lot of um, marketing activities. We've got a lot of great sponsors at McLaren um, that, you know, we spend a lot of time with. Um, we, you know, spending time with the fans, talking to the media. Um, and, you know, even away from the, the race weekends, you know, we're spending days uh, in, in the factory on the simulator, um, doing more marketing stuff there. So. Um, you know, there's a, a lot that goes into, you know, the, the three practice sessions and, and one qualifying and race um, that a lot of people don't see. I think now with, with social media, um, they maybe see a little bit more of it. Um, and, you know, the fans that really are interested in it, um, you know, can, can access a lot more of, I guess, what we do outside of driving. But, yeah, it's, it's much, much more than just sitting in the race car and driving you know, in the world of F1. No, no joke. You guys have a very busy schedule. So one of the fun segments we do on our podcast is called Hot Takes, usually ahead of a race weekend. And we're not going to do anything specific to Miami. We don't want to put anything out in the ether. But we're going to ask you some broader questions around that theme. So first up, street circuit or classic track? Uh, for me, classic tracks. Yeah, just, nice. I don't know, just a bit... There's a bit more history to them, um, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I just like classic tracks. Very nice. Uh, east or west coast of the United States? I mean, I haven't really explored either, uh, so I don't <laughs> want to be the coastline here. Um, 
We're New Yorkers, so we have to give a plug for the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been to, well, we're obviously in the East Coast now. Um, I've been to, to LA in the West Coast a long time ago now. But since we're in Miami, I'll go, go East Coast. Correct answer. <laughs> How about, are you more of a morning person or a night owl? Night owl, definitely. I'm, yeah, definitely just not a morning person at all. <laughs> well, you're on all hours right now, so. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah. A very important question for an Australian who went to school in the UK, cricket or rugby? Cricket. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just never got into rugby that much. Um, and as a racing driver playing rugby, I'm not really the body type for it and couldn't really afford to get injured. So, uh, yeah, cricket was was definitely my preference. Nice. Um, favorite TV show or movie that you've been enjoying lately? Uh, lately, I watched The Night Agent on oh, yeah. Netflix. That one's so good. Very, very good. Um, that one. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> Nice. Love a good spy show. And how about track you're most excited for for the rest of the season? Uh, for me, spa. I mean, it goes back to the classic tracks. Um, it's, it's my favorite circuit. It's got yeah, a number of cool corners, a lot of elevation. It's a, you know, a nice flowing layout. Um, it's generally pretty good for overtaking as well as a massive straight through a rouge and stuff. So um, yeah, spa, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Oscar. It was an honor to have you on the podcast and good luck this weekend. We hope you enjoy Miami and we can't wait to follow along the rest of your season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Oscar. Okay, guys, I think we all needed a moment after that. That was so amazing. He was so amazing. So articulate, so nice, um, great energy all around. We're really pumped. Yeah, and this is a brutal stretch for them. Baku to Miami and then a triple header. So what an honor. What an honor. What did you guys think? <laughs> I totally agree. So mature, articulate. I think that totally makes sense given that so much of his life has been in racing, needing to be a such a consummate professional, but it makes a lot of sense, the comment about how hard the schedule is, because I think it just seems brutal. I really can't imagine. And the fact that they do have so many responsibilities behind the scenes, it's not like they can just show up on Friday and hop into the car. They need to be there all week prepping at the factory, meeting with sponsors. So it's a massive workload. So even more honored that he was able to <laughs> get some time with us today. Totally. And yeah, it just puts into more perspective all the conversations about the brutal race calendar, 23 races, 24 races, adding more sprints, having like a standalone sprint shootout day, like all these things really add up. It's just got to be so demanding. And then one thing I also found really interesting is just he had a very nice spin on the social media and how great it is to like to have fans knowing about, yeah. you know, their lives and having to be on social media. But like there also has to just be so much pressure to deliver content and obviously has a team behind him doing a lot of that. But like to have your life with this brutal schedule, you know, kind of constantly on display, it's probably hard. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about is you know, he's like, oh, like, it's actually kind of cool now because we're so much more than just like a driver and a helmet in a car, which I think is the perspective that like the FIA and everyone who's making this brutal schedule has. It's like, okay, like they're here to do the driving, but I am interested, like everyone has a much better appreciation now for how much goes into it that they're still pushing this crazy schedule. 
Yeah. That was a wild quote to say, like, driving is the least thing that we do, or we spend the least amount of time in our jobs actually driving the car. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. They probably, and it's, a, I always think it's probably like so fun to be a driver and do like all the fun little challenges for Instagram and TikTok. But imagine like as the team grows, they hire someone for social media, they hire someone for TikTok, and da 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 da. And like everyone's trying to get a piece of you. Yeah. <laughs> and so his honored. performance, us. yeah, <laughs> and his Australia performance was amazing. P eight, his third race of his rookie yeah. season, having to just get on what was probably a twenty hour flight back to Europe immediately. That's just totally. exhausting. Also, getting into Q three while he was sick in Baku, like I cannot even. That's so cool. He said since I think we posted this on Instagram that he only was able to eat a few pieces of toast the whole wow. weekend and made it into Q three. I don't think I could walk to the subway if I only had four <laughs> pieces of toast. <laughs> uh, it's crazy it's crazy yeah and just the comments about covid too i mean his career really took off right when covid was kind of at full force like 2020 that year and his season was cut short and kind of like in his the rest of his career luckily we're moving out of it but still kind of in the shadows of covid it's just such an interesting dynamic yeah. um to deal with and I mean, like with a lot of things in COVID, it's a pro and a con because I think con, of course, he didn't get like the full send start that everyone gets and, you know, the the whole glamour of it all, if you want to say that. But I mean, it, it definitely had like perhaps less of a strain on like media visits, all those sorts of things. But it might have made it worse like mentally if he had to just do everything virtually because yeah. I do think like sitting separated, doing things virtually can be tough. But also the benefit of, you know, him being on prime time at home and yeah. everybody sitting at home and watching during COVID, like that also probably had a positive effect, at least on fandom and people getting really into the sport and the series and and all of that. So, yeah, definitely agree to the pros and cons thing. Speaking of Australia, the cricket rugby thing was so fast. He was immediately just like cricket. <laughs> fast no question. Fire yeah, <laughs> I know. He had said on another podcast the line about kind of stopping rugby because he was worried about injuries oh, so and whatnot. so he did play rugby. Yeah, he did. He did. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, I thought no no hesitation there. Cricket <laughs> all the way. <laughs> also, great taste. The Night Agent is an amazing show. It's a spy <laughs> show on Netflix. So of course I've seen I it. I love that. Um, but it's so good. And I love that spa is his favorite track. I think just further evidence that the drivers really do love these classic old school European mm -hmm. tracks. They definitely really deserve a place on the calendar. I would love to go to spa. Especially if he's a Renaissance man, he's got to appreciate all that history. Totally. Um, okay, kind of an off-topic question for you guys. But if during COVID, like like Oscar in Australia, we had Logan hmm. coming up, it was also like the advent of Drive to Survive. Do you think it would be different? Like, I think it's great. We Everyone loves the him and like there's still a lot of great stuff going on around him but do you think it would be like a little bit more escalated that's such a good question i think yes and no okay. i think i think definitely people would have like logan would have more of a name recognition not that he doesn't in the states but like right. i think fandom is still growing mm -hmm. but i do think there's still a divide between you know drive to survive and actually watching the racing like you have fans of both totally. and like i think that's great like if you are just a fan of drive to survive great for you if you're just a fan of racing great not everyone is a fan of both so i don't know if it necessarily would have changed a ton um you know in in terms of like right now and logan racing but i do think it might have had some effect for sure which is kind of exciting to think about <laughs> Okay, any final thoughts on this interview? It was pretty crazy. 
Just so grateful to McLaren and Oscar for giving us the chance to talk to him. So excited about the future of McLaren and where they're going. This is making me even more excited. I really hope he can do amazing in Miami this weekend and then choose the East Coast as his favorite. <laughs> Sarah will just have her like face up against the, <laughs> the chains, of, like so close to the track. So excited. Jane. I had to hold my tongue because like, yes, I am a New Yorker right now, I know, but I'm from California. California. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have been fine with either answer, but he answered that very, very diplomatically. So I appreciate that. As I'm sure he knows how. <laughs> yes, but it is probably true. I mean, we it's not like we have a race on the West Coast, really. You don't count Texas as that. So he probably hasn't spent a ton of time you know on the so west they coast have zero time for vacation in the u.s also yeah. if i lived in australia i don't think i would spend my winter break in la i would obviously go back to australia where it's yeah sunny in where the it's summer. summer and yeah it was crazy that his celebration was getting on a plane to imola after especially with this one. like such a long break in between australia and baku it's kind of wild but yeah, the, the show must go on. Petition for Oscar to have a day off next year after Australia. <laughs> so, now. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this as much as we did. We're going to have this video live for everyone. Or not live, but we've recorded live the video. So um, <laughs> if you guys want to see it all in yes. person, hit up our YouTube and we'll be posting a ton of content to Instagram. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>